It's the Blues Rock Show with Pete Francis and Willie Witten. Welcome to the Blues Rock Show. I'm Pete Francis, joined by Willie Witten. Today, our special guest, Joanne Shaw-Taylor, who just released the Blues album. Joanne, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so you're releasing the Blues album. It's produced mm-hmm. by Joe Bonamassa and Josh Smith. Now, I know you and Joe go back quite a ways. You're really good friends. So what was the dynamic like having Joe produce for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I was quite nervous about it. I think that's probably natural. Um, I mean, working with friends is always, you know, it's it, it's always different. You know, it's a different situation, but it was great. Um, you know, it was everything I hoped it would be. And I think that the big key thing was you know, because we have known each other so long and we have been such good friends for, you know, I don't know, 12, 13 years now that, you know, that element of trust was there, which I think is really, really important with the producer that, you know, you're not battling each other. Essentially, when you hire a producer, you're hiring, you know, Joe Bonamata to make his version of a Joanne Shaw Taylor album, you know, so you've kind of got to hand it over to him. So that was pretty easy. And um, yeah, I don't think there were any major fallouts. I mean, there could have been, uh, but no, we were pretty, it was pretty smooth sailing. So when you, I take a look at the album, one of the things that I hear and also Joe had spoken about was that he, this time through, he really wanted to put your voice at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Now you've sung so much in the past that it's nothing new to you, but was that something that you wanted to do as well? Do you feel more comfortable having the guitar out in front or your voice out in front and how was that different on this album as far as what you were focusing on yeah well i mean as you said it was it was very important to joe and yes it was important to me to answer that question you know when i think of blues music i mean we talk so much about how prominent the guitar is in you know a blues song but you know if you look at those guys bb king freddie king Albert collins all the greats they were brilliant singers you know I mean, B.B. King could have been a, a professional singer if he'd never, never played guitar. So um, for me, it's always been important that the, the vocal is as strong as the guitar, because for me, that's really what sells the song and sells the emotion of the song. Um, I think Joe was more coming from a point of view where I think he thought I'd been quite comfortable um, and hadn't pushed myself too much, which again goes back to knowing me so well as a person. Um, you know, I think he knows I can be a bit insecure about certain things. And, um, you know, he was very adamant that he wasn't going to let me be insecure on this. And he was going to, you know, push me as much as I would allow him to push. Um, so, yeah, I think it was important to both of us. But, yeah, for me, it's always been 50-50. You know, I think I don't think you can have a good song without a good lyric. I don't think you can, sit, you know, uh, get across a good lyric unless you're performing it well. And obviously, blues is kind of linked to guitar playing so i think you need all kind of three really with this being a covers album were any of these tracks were you sitting on any of them for a long time and said i really want to cover this song yeah i did i mean because this has been an idea of mine for years really and i think i was really waiting for my vocals to kind of catch up to my guitar playing um you know to feel that i could really sell it so yeah i'd been compiling songs for a while and a couple of them so can't you see what you're doing to me which is an albert king cover um and Keep Loving Me, which is Magic Sam version. I'd been performing in my set when I was as young as 14 um, and kind of wanted to readdress them now that I wasn't singing like a 14 year old schoolgirl from a small village in England, um, you know. So I kind of, for my own self, wanted to go back. And then particularly the Little Richard Ballad, I don't know what you've got, but it's got me, is one of my favorite songs. And I really, 
I was ready to fight Joe and Josh on it if they, you know, didn't want it on there. But fortunately, they kind of went, yeah, fine. Um, and then obviously Joe had his own ideas as well. You said you were waiting for your voice to catch up to your guitar, yeah. or at least that's what I'm assuming you meant by catching up. I have to be honest, I think when most people hear your voice, it belies your age. In that, I mean that it's very organic. It sounds very real. So often you hear people and when they're singing, it sounds forced. Yours does not. It sounds naturally aged. Where did you learn to sing? Is that well, something from your family? Because that's almost to right. me seems like something you can't teach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think to a certain degree, you've got the voice you've got, you know. Um, and unfortunately, you can either sing or you can't. I, if you can pitch a note, if I could sing you a note and you can reach it, I can probably teach you to sing. Um, if you can't do that, you've probably got very little chance. Um, so yeah, to a certain degree, I think you've got the voice you've got, but as you've just said, it's it's a different instrument in how it works. You know, it's not as easy as, you know, if you're thinking about learning the piano, you can see where you're meant to put your hands. Whereas with all this going on inside and, you know, the instrument is very much inside of you, it, does take a bit longer so it was it was a case of just getting out there and doing it and being on the road and learning when I was blowing my voice out and learning when not to, how not to do that and so yeah that took a bit more sort of experience and um just years <laughs> kind of just time and effort I'm afraid there's no cheat sheet is there a track on the album where you feel Joe and Josh really pushed you yes um if you've got to make a fool of somebody which I think is track number four I can't remember um yeah that one from the get-go they sent it to me and they sent me the Bonnie Raitt version and I already had the Aretha Franklin version which I just did not bother listening to because I didn't want that in my head um you know I consider myself a, a vocalist and an all right vocalist but not in the realm of Aretha Franklin um and I'm fine with that you know <laughs> I know my my powers and, and my limitations so yeah that was the one that was quite daunting to me um, you know, it's not at all a guitar player song. It's very much a vocalist song. So that was, yeah, that was the one that still terrifies me. <laughs> For an album called The Blues Album, I believe uh, you have a three-time loser. Is that what wraps up the set? Yeah. So that and one, again, that was another um, recommendation of Joe and, and Josh's. So yeah, we finished with that. I wanted it higher up the album and they fought me on it. I wanted it like track number two, but they, uh, nope, didn't get my way. And is that being also being made into a video or a video is forthcoming for that? I believe that's the next single, I think. So yeah, there's, um, I think they're, they're working on that at the moment. And they've chosen that, or you've chosen that, as a team you've chosen that for the Blues <laughs> album. Is that Dan Seals? I feel like that's a little more of the country, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think the version we ended up doing was, um, was it Eddie Floyd or Wilson Pickett? Um, so it worked out pretty well. And there was a Bonnie Ray version, but I've never heard it. So, um, you know, it's it kind of ties in nicely and it it's a good way to win the album, I think. Okay. Joanne, one of the cool things you have coming up is the Almond Family Revival. Yeah. And they're playing 18 dates. How did you get involved with that? Devon reached out to me, Devon Allman, who I've toured with before and has been a good friend of mine. Uh, we used to be on the same record label, Roof Records out of Germany. And, you know, at, at paths have kind of mixed a lot through various festivals and we've become good friends and I toured with him in 2019 I think before all this began 
And he actually offered me, I think that year, some dates, but I, I couldn't do them because I was going back to the UK. Um, so again, he phoned this year and asked me if I'd be part of it. So I jumped at it. Um, but yeah, super excited that the list of names they've got on it just looks fantastic. And it's, um, you know, going to be a really good way to get back to touring. Good fun, I think. <laughs> yeah, when you get to jam with people like Robert Randolph, Samantha Fish, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, all these great artists that are going to be there. I mean, just how fun is that? Oh, it's brilliant. And I mean, also at this point in the game, I know most of these people pretty well and, and can call them friends, you know, so I'm elated that Sam's doing it because we never get to do too much together. Um, you know, usually if there's one woman on the bill, that's usually about the extent of it. So the fact that, you know, I get a girlfriend out with me for a few dates is great. Kenny, we saw recently in Nashville, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen Robert since we were locked on a cruise ship together before COVID. So that'll be a good sort of meeting. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's great fun. You don't usually get the chance too much to work with other artists unless it's a festival or something like this, so. When it's such a big group, mm -hmm. how do the dynamics work? Is it something where the planning is sort of set because you can't have everyone flying on at one time? Is it set sort of, hey, these are our time periods or is it very much fly by the seat of your pants and you're making decisions as you go for each given show? Uh, well, I mean, I haven't spoke to Devin too much about it yet, but I've been given kind of a rough outline of kind of how he wants it to work. And it sounds like for this particular event, it's kind of a bit of both, really. I think you've got to have some structure there. Unfortunately, everyone's at the same sort of level where they, they've been around the block a bit and they know that, you know, no one's going to be trying to step on anyone's toes. And also, you know, if you imagine a situation where there's 10 guitar players on stage, you know, you just don't need it. So everyone knows that. So I think it will be a case of a little bit of structure and then a little bit not too structured that you know you take all the fun and the spontaneity out of it joanne when you look at the state of blues rock right now who are some artists that you think deserve more attention that more people need to hear you know it's a difficult one for me because i have to be honest i don't keep up with the genre too much um i think because it you know it, it's so much of my life making music and particularly this type of music that um I, when i get away from it i kind of get away from it um so, I mean, everyone, I'm, you know, Eric Gales, I would love to see. He seems to be doing really well. And I think as most people are concerned, he's probably the greatest guitar player of his generation. You know, he really And also is. working with Joe and Josh. Yeah. So I'd love to see him. He seems to be stepping up more. Uh, Joanna Connor, who's also worked with Joe and Josh, who, um, you know, for me as a young girl playing, there weren't really that many females on the scene. You know, there's Joanna and Deborah Coleman, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, who I got to work with, Sue Foley. Um, so to see Joanna, who's a monstrous player and, you know, it was really good for a young female to see a girl playing, not playing like a girl, just playing guitar. And she's, you know, the queen of it. So, you know, Joanna, but yeah, I mean, as little as I know about it, the scene seems to be in, in pretty good shape, I think. So then I guess the segue then, or the follow-up would be, so if that's not what you're listening to, what does Joanne Shaw Taylor listen to in her downtime if it's not oh, the music that the she The dreaded played? question. To be honest, I listen to a lot of jazz. Um, okay. Bella Fitzgerald, um, a lot of the Rat Pack. I mean, to be honest, if I'm off and kind of chilling, I'm usually reading a book. So it's, you know, Django Reinhardt and Ella Fitzgerald and something in the background. I love Clara Haskell, who's a, a classical pianist, particularly her work on Mozart. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, and I still love if I listen to blues, I listen to blues like Muddy Waters and, you know, Lightning Hopkins. And but, yeah, it's a bit of a, um, you know, if I listen to blues rock, I kind of get sucked into like, oh, I should go play guitar. I should go get to work, you know, so you kind of need that 
that said, I listen to a lot of like Metallica and Rammstein. If I'm in the gym, I need something with a bit more <laughs> power behind it. So you're based in Detroit now, but obviously you hail from the UK. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the biggest differences in the music scene here in the States and, and over in the UK? Uh, well, I think the biggest difference, which was partially, you know, a lot of my reasoning for moving here is just because how big the States is, you know, in terms of touring. It always, you know, shocked me as a kid. I remember going to Europe for the first time when I was 14. And it was amazing that we could drive into another country. <laughs> you know, you're so isolated in the UK. You're, you know, you've got to cross the ocean just to get anywhere. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, it is set up for for touring here you know you can drive for three four days and still not have covered you know too much ground in this country so just the logistics um and because it's bigger you know the festivals there's more varied festivals here i think you would have to look at europe landmass as a whole to be able to compare it to um the us because again the uk is you know i used to, when i was 17 i used to drive to scotland and back in an evening you know like the bottom of the country to the top so um yeah just sort of landmass and you know, how big are the audiences because of the population, I guess, is the big thing. So another question that Pete and I toss around and, and wonder, when you talk about different audiences and you spoke about the, the idea of festivals being more apparent depending upon geography, mm. as a player, as someone who puts on these shows, do you have a preference or what are the good parts and the bad parts of being on a bill with say one or two other artists versus being in a huge weekend as part of a bigger festival? Do you have a preference for one or the other? No, not really a preference. And I think both are needed because I think the biggest difference is, is if you're in a tour and you've worked that tour and you know everyone on your behalf has got all the many logistics involved to, to make it work, you know, it becomes its own little um, camp really in its own little world, um, which was I think more prevalent than ever when we were stuck. Uh, we got stuck in the UK when COVID hit, you know, and to try and dismantle that overnight to get everyone else, you know, you kind of made you realise what kind of a bubble you're in. So it's it's nice to have that, and it's nice to have that machine rolling and be able to do your own show and really get it nicely warmed up. But then it's also fun to kind of step away from that and go, it's a festival, you've got a line check, you're on in 30 minutes, try and look good, bye, off you go. You know, and you're kind of shoved out there and, all right, we're doing a 40 minute set, go. Um, so it's kind of nice to have both of those, but I wouldn't want to do festivals all year round. And it's nice to step away from the touring and, and do festivals every now and again. Well, Joanne, the blues album is out now. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Just, I hope people like it, you know. Um, I do, I love it. I, it was what I wanted it to be. We all put a huge amount of effort in. So I just hope people get some pleasure out of it, particularly in these times when it's, um, you know, a bit dark out. <laughs> so yeah, I hope people like it. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Blues Rock Show. For Joanne Shaw-Taylor and Willie Witten. I'm Pete Francis. We'll see you next time. <laughs>